Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax. I am Podcast Poppy, and you are tuned into a brand new episode of Quarter Life Crisis, starting right now. Three, two, one, and we are live as fuck. Yeah, Mr. Justin Cutler. What's up? Thank you so much for coming, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for having long, me. It's been a long time. What? Almost, uh, almost two years. Two years now. Yeah, yeah. Was it twenty twenty? So yeah, uh, no more than that. Cause, let's see, three. I think three years. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. When that I sounds left about right. Yeah. So I think twenty seventeen. That is that is crazy. Right when I saw you at the door, I was like. The quick initial small talk, and it's like, yeah, all right, cool. It doesn't feel like three years. No, That's wild. it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so a little intro to you, right? We met uh, when I signed up for CrossFit at Regulus, Yeah. right? And uh, I think when I first got there, I was violently out of shape. I, that that sounds about right. I you think, you were violently out of shape, and you were like, I don't want nothing to do with anyone. Like, yeah. I just want to sit in my corner. <laughs> That's right. Coming in my my big old coat, my big old pants. That's you know, right, I don't want to talk dude. to anyone. I just I, want to work out. I remember I was uh, I was boxing with my buddy Mikey um, in California, and then I came here, and then I just kind of fell off in fitness. You know, like I was. Leah got pregnant. I just kind of stopped working out. There wasn't any really fun gyms around. I was working a ton. And then I was like, dude, I started like, you know, when you're, I was driving in my car, my like belly really started to jiggle from just oh, yeah. driving. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get back in there. <laughs> but yeah, I remember everyone thought I was fucking crazy because I was fresh off of boxing. So I'd come in the hoodie mm-hmm. and sweatpants and I would do all the workouts in a hoodie and sweatpants. Like people in the gym didn't know I had tattoos for like four months. Damn, I forgot that I was not trying to fuck with anybody. No, man, you were. You yeah. violently pulled that shit out of me, though. It was pretty <laughs> tough because I remember I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to come in here and do my thing. And I think what got me was your uh, your workout playlist. That was, yeah, was a little like, too short, a little yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Because the population, not that there's anything that's wrong with the population. I loved everybody at Regulus, but it was, you know, like. Not what you expect to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. everyone's like 30, 40, like, you know, got some blue jean millionaires cruising. Got some here. soccer moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, it was, it, <laughs> the soccer moms were in there, <laughs> thick as fuck. And, uh, um, yeah, but you started playing like, do- it was like Dr. Dre got me in like too short. And I was like, what the hell? Exhibit came on one time. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then you started dancing and singing during class. And I was like. All right, maybe I got to show my true colors to this. And, and then it became like, hey, Ricky, I got something for you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like I'll start picking out songs. And <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was fun because you kind of like, uh, you know, I was, I've always, I've always been in, co- in competitive athletics, you know, and I never really, my drive isn't as high if I'm not competing in something, you know what I mean? So that was, it was really easy for me to fall off in fitness, you know? And then once I got in a little bit better shape, uh, you as a trainer did a really good job at like, you know, you knew I wasn't trying to compete against everybody there. I was just kind of trying to come in and do my own thing, but pull out, pull out me competing against myself. And then I started to advance quite a, quite a bit in it and chase your class almost every single time. I could, I could tell that I could, I could see your football background like right away. Cause like your cardio was trash, but yeah. then the, the barbell just, I mean, you were the strongest dude there instantly, pretty much like after the first two weeks. I think you were power cleaning, you know, a couple plates. Yeah. You know, I think there was a time when uh, 
I think it was like one of the first classes that we had, and we were doing footwork, and you were like, football player? I think we were doing like ladder drills, and I was like, okay, my fat ass can still do this, you know, yeah. as long as it's a short ladder drill. Yeah, that was crazy. Well, I think one of the other reasons, other than the music and dancing and stuff that we hit it off is... I could. I think you had told me a little bit about your story that you were an athlete and that you were just looking for something to be competitive again, and that hit home with me because right. that was the same thing I went through. You know, right. relatively high level baseball player, or at least a promising baseball player. Yeah. That ended, you know, and then I kind of found myself again through fighting slash CrossFit, yeah. you know, and so I was like, that's cool. I like like it was it was an honor to be able to provide a place like that for you because of how much that like redeemed in me to be able to yeah. have an athletic outlet again because. You can take the athlete out of the sports, but you can't you, do it. No, you can't take the athlete out of the person. Yeah, it's like impossible. you just you just can't like it. Like the, you, what it's it's competitive. It's it's the need to get good at something. Right. You know, to be developing like right. that never goes away. I don't think fully. You know, yeah. you can you can it can get dormant. You know, but <laughs> yeah, it can get dormant, but it can be released almost mm-hmm. if you if there's a right catalyst to it. Yep, the right environment. That's definitely. I think our relationship built extremely fast, and then it was it was really fun because. Uh, I think it was just your approach. You have a very unique approach towards fitness. Like, obviously, we're, we're trying to make gains when it comes to actual matter, right? Lifting things off the ground, putting it over our head, the movements, like improving, PRing, you know what I mean? Strengthening the lungs, all that stuff. But you had a much more, like, genuine care for all of the athletes that were in the class. You know, like, it was very apparent. You could ask, you could ask Justin Cutler <clears throat> personal facts about every single person I went to the gym, and you knew for sure. You know, and when you have that like bottom line relationship, like you built a foundation of relationship, it was so much easier for you to push people in class. I think it was because of the trust. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's how that's how I was like. I power lifted for almost five years at at Humboldt. Uh, And, and, you know, before that I was, um, you know, I was doing CrossFit. You know, Mm -hmm. I did CrossFit for for years. Mm -hmm. But I think like we built that relationship very quickly. We had those 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 commonalities, you know, with having that athletic background. And I knew you knew exactly how and why to push me. Mm-hmm. And it was different for every single one of your athletes. So there's just this trust level that was built. So it just made it easy to come into a class and get after it, you know? Thanks, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then you kept like, and it was actually, it was it was a strange thing because how you train, that was really the first time since high school that I've been in a situation where there's a trainer and we're in class format, you mm-hmm. know? Because I was playing college ball and then sure. after that I was boxing, you know? And the atmosphere, I just loved it. Like I find myself times almost trying to help you coach the class as silently as I could mm-hmm. to to keep the class atmosphere as, as high octane as you'd wanted it or whatever tempo it was. And then you left. And I was like, uh, I was so sad to see you. I almost left the gym. Uh-huh. Um, but we have pretty similar personalities. I was like, man, I would love to be Justin at this mm-hmm. gym. You know, well, the finer details after that, we don't need to go, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go into, but, um, you know, that was a big inspiration for me to go get my CFO one. I never thought I would be a, a CrossFit trainer That's at awesome. all, but like you left and they were like, you know, I don't think I knew that you did that. Yeah. The energy was just different right when you left, you know, I was like, I was probably going to leave, you know, I was talking to a lot of the, uh, the people who were there, you know, like, you know, the Wendy's and all that stuff. And they were like, yeah, there was just a, there was an X factor that you brought, you know, it was just the atmosphere that you brought you could how you coached the same program as someone else was just very different and people kind of told me they're like you know when you and Justin were together we'd be dancing in class and pushing people and teaching people and and celebrating and like your energy made people want to come before class and stay after class Mm -hmm. and uh, 
I was like, man, I fucking want to be that guy. That would be dope. So I went and got my CFL one, and then I trained at Regulus for a while. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, I was yeah. a trainer. I was a trainer there for I don't know how long it was, but when Regulus started uh, eating up other gyms and partnering with other gyms, and that's how uh, you remember Sal and Gabby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm super close with. Sal now because oh, I was cool. training with Sal and I was training with Gabby. Mm. I actually go to Powerhouse. Oh, cool. When I got back, I was like, you know, I remember I hit you up and I was like, with the timing and, and how far out uh, any time was, I was like, oh, that won't work. But there's this right here. I'll That's right, like Mayberry or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. They're so good was, people. Yeah, the, yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Sal's a good dude. Sal's yeah, a super good dude. But it was tough. It was tough to, uh, it was tough to see you leave, dude. It's some killer times. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know how much we want to, like, delve delve into that stuff we'll, on, we'll, on the podcast yeah, yeah, but we'll keep, we'll keep we'll keep all names we'll keep all names safe. That, and that's okay like i'm yeah. i'm past all that man like i have been for a long time but um it as as i was happy that it ended in a lot of ways because right. it needed to in a lot of ways but like the relationships with people like you and the members and just the overall atmosphere and you know the fact that we worked our fucking asses off yeah. for that year that I was there because yeah. it went from a gym with a really bad reputation mm-hmm. to a popping gym. Oh, you know, was, one of the better, cracking. and it was known as one of the better gyms. You know, yeah. and that that was hard to leave. That yeah. that was the part that was hard to leave. Like the other stuff, it was like, yeah, this this needed to be done. You know, but yeah, I was up. I was, it was upset. It was sad. I yeah. was upset. I was too, man. I'll, I'll be real. I bawled my eyes out when I left the left the meeting. You know, yeah. like when things ended and yeah. But also there was a sense of like, okay, like it sucks, but this next chapter, to next chapter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It like, needed to happen. Like you said, we'll keep everybody's dignity intact. You know, like there was goods and there was bads, but there's so much good that came out of it. Way more good than bad. I think about, uh, even when I was doing CrossFit, I never even thought about the CrossFit games and I never thought about any of that, but some of my favorite memories were during the open. Oh man. That open when we did the intramural with the teams, I, Captain Underpants. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've never seen a gym gym do something like that like dude especially that one week when there was like 80 people in yeah. there for friday night lights it was like shoulder to shoulder it was out of control and most and you know what i love that was so unique about what you and all you guys did at that gym was usually it's like there's this weird sense of trying to hold on to your immortality of fitness so like when you're in the gym you're you're eating different than most people are eating different than they eat at home or mm-hmm. or you know, like are portraying the lifestyle they want a little bit differently than one at home. Cause sure. we're more human when we leave the gym. Of course. But there, I remember the first day I walked into one of the opens and half the gym's blocked off. There's like tables, like a buffet of just like not super healthy food. Cakes of beer. Fucking great food. And then in the corner, there's, there, I was like, is that a fucking keg? And there's people like right before their, uh, right before their gym, right before their, their go in the open. We're fucking sipping on beers. Yeah. And I was like, what the f-? I had one of my best days at the open. I was like, can I get a, can I get a beer? They're like, fuck yeah. Well, and it was a regular brew because it was Wendy's husband who's a professional brewmaster. Right, right. Yeah. And then there was another couple, right? There was a couple who had like a restaurant and did some, did some uh, brewing so Tom, as well. who I still work with. I still yeah. coach Tom, uh, Tom Marin, a little, little plug for Full Belly Deli. Um, full Belly Deli. Go get you oh, some, man. Get you a Durka Durka or an Arburrito. Um, he cooked that full taco bar for the for the finale of the open. Yeah, he brought that whole taco bar and stuff. And then another another week, he catered a bunch of sandwiches and rolls for us. Oh, dude, or wraps. I mean, yeah. Man, that was some of my oh, dude. I gotta see if I can find it. Cause the open was the time when I was. I still get memories popping up around February, March. Yeah, you know, and it's it's cool, man. I'm, I'm, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, some things about it ended badly, but 
I'm so thankful for that time. I really am. Like I feel, I feel nothing but gratitude you, you about have. that time. And I think, I think just, uh, what's you got? What you got? Yeah, there it is. The tie dye tank. The tie dye. And didn't the, you, the bandanas, didn't you, this is the one with the rower and you put your headband over your eyes cause you don't want to see <laughs> the monitor the and you're time. just like, fuck the screen. The, yeah. The, I'm just rowing. They came out and it was like, <laughs> however many thousands and thousands of meters, they're pretty much like, I felt like, yeah, just tell me when, tell dude, me when I'm done. Cause I swear I'm to God, row. I felt like I was. I went in like in touch with my ancestry, bro. I was like, I feel like I'm rowing through the middle passage right now. Like, like yeah, four million kilometers or whatever it was. And yeah, I put my thing over my eyes. Everyone's like, what are you doing? I was like, that meter is climbing way too slow for me to watch it. Yeah. Like, my it's just life demoralizing. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That, that was a cool time, man. I, I And I think why we were, I think, I think in any, any, any corner of the fitness industry, but I, I think sometimes it's exacerbated even more in, in CrossFit is people take themselves way too seriously. It's yeah. like, weren't you here for more energy for your kids? You're not here for a paycheck, you know? Yeah. Let's have fun. Like, yeah. if you're in the gym and you're not having fun, like, I get it. If it's your job, like, if it's your vocation to get in shape, there's going to be some times that aren't fun because right. you got that pressure of, like, if I don't do well, yeah. my livelihood is affected. But, like, we're all here to have fun, you guys, you yeah. know? In my in my career of coaching, that's a mantra I've always carried with me. Like, if I'm in a gym and get paid for it. Like, it could be worse. Yeah, so I yeah. try to, like... Let's not, let's take it seriously when we need to, but let's also have fun. And I think just to speak on like the, the beer and the food and all that, not that I would ever like push junk food on people, but I think that was also for, for, at least for me, shades of my kind of journey of being enslaved to the scale. And, and, you know, I I definitely had a full blown eating disorder, you know, body dysmorphia after fighting and stuff, growing up an overweight, unathletic kid and cutting weight and things like that. Well, so, so it kind of stemmed from my childhood because I grew up overweight, unathletic. A lot lot of people look at me now and don't know that, you know, but I was, I was the chubby kid. I always had bruises like, Oh, bitch tits. Yeah. You're drop dead sexy now. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, and then, you know, a lot of negative attention from that. And then once I got into fighting, um, I started getting positive attention, right. you know, both because I was a fighter and, and because I was lean and mm-hmm. I really started to worship that. And the way I was cutting weight, I had like 10 weeks to cut 30 pounds was my fight camp mm-hmm. usually. And because I didn't know any better and I didn't have any like nutrition coaches, it was salads and running. Like I would just right. starve myself and run. Bag and ups. I've seen some wrestlers do some wild stuff. Dude. Spitting a thousand times a day. Like I, I did that on one of my bags, fights on like, the way up to Reading. I was I was fighting at 175 as a catchweight fight and I weighed like 177 that morning. And I was like, fuck, like I'm not gonna get the fight, you yeah. know, I'm gonna blow it. And I was the only fighter on my team going up there. So I'm like, I'm literally gonna waste everyone's time if I don't make weight, you right. know? And so yeah, sauna suit, sweats, taped around my neck, hood around my face, spitting into a can all what? the way up there and like barely Why? made weight. But but yeah, anyway, back to like the, the beer and stuff. I just wanted to create an environment that is like, yes, let's take fitness seriously. Let's let's take care of our bodies and let's get the most we can out of it. But let's also not forget to have fun and yeah. and have a healthy relationship with like you shouldn't feel bad about having a beer. Right. You know, like it's OK. Have a beer. Enjoy yourself. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous that you're that you, you went to a different place than uh, than where I was training because you were so talented that you would bring like a human aspect to it. Like f- you. Walking into the gym, failure was so accepted and not like, and usually failure is so like derogatory, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, you made it, it was always a learning experience. You know what I mean? Shoot for a goal. If you don't hit it because you came in, because you worked out, you got closer to that goal that you just failed on, Sure, but you'll get it next time. You know, like I've, I feel like there's a, a narrative that's kind of been angling towards fitness with, especially with like social media where there's so many like, you know, influencers and you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like. 
Um, you see the very, very before or the very, very end in the middle sometimes is, is forgotten. So there's this expectation if you're not at like fitness expo in shape level and you're failing at fitness, you know, but they've kind of erased the memory of, uh, of, of the lead up and how you get there. And then also the, that you don't have to do that every single day, all day. You can go out and have some beers and get some food. You know what I mean? It's like that, the consistency of it, you know, yeah. but, but it, it was weird, but that, that made it so fun. Cause you know, it was, it was, it, the, there was no pressure. And when there was no yeah. pressure, um, in the atmosphere that was built at Regulus, you could push yourself even harder you're than free. if there was pressure. Yeah, you're it free. Was, it was dope. You yep. could turn up the dial however you wanted mm. to turn it up, you know? Yeah. And uh, and you saw some wild stuff. Like, I, there was times I'd be seeing, like, 65-year-old women, like, keeping up with me in workouts, and I'm like, God, what the fuck Do is... I suck, or are they superhuman? Yeah, like, what what's is, going on? Yeah, a little bit of both? <laughs> yeah, that's, that is wild. And, but I think it's the, it's the methodology for, for CrossFit. When I went and got my CFL1, their methodology towards fitness is more un- it's it's the most unique and my favorite that I've seen you know yeah. like they do a lot more good than bad for sure yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I was after I got my CFL one I was mind blown that CrossFit kind of has sometimes not as much anymore but the stigma that it did that it was super hard only one pe- type mm-hmm. of person could do it very injury prone and they're literal they're, literally their entire outlook on fitness is wrapped around just functional movement what you do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. you know like there was a quote that was when i was in my training that you know we're not here to get somebody to compete in the crossfit games we're here so that if you're walking down your driveway and it's icy and you slip that you have enough fast twitch that you have the reaction to catch yourself you know and i was i've just never really seen fitness like that it's Mm -hmm. usually for like you're doing it for this pinnacle goal of whatever you're going to compete in or you know whatever the top of the mountain is and they were just like, yeah, this is a dope ass, crazy way to get buff and be super healthy at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a lot of them do, like, I'll see, uh, I watched a couple documentaries, like CrossFit documentaries. Like, the, they'll show the games. Like, Fitness on Earth or whatever. And yeah. they're like, uh, even the big dogs, they're like just eating like Chipotle. You know, they're much more human than other athletes. I, dude, you, I watch, see. you watch behind the scenes of Rich Froning when he was an individual. That dude would like compete all day in the games and be like, can we get a milkshake and like eating pizza? And it's like, you need calories, man. Burning lots of calories. You know, those boys are out of control. Matt Frazier. I don't think Matt Frazier. Is that the guy? Yeah. I don't think he does it anymore, but he's from New Hampshire, right? The birthplace of of Ben and Jerry's, I think it's or wherever the birthplace of Ben and Jerry's. That's where he's from. Maybe not New Hampshire, but I don't know, somewhere over there. And, uh, man, I'm really blanking. I don't have to Google that. I'm blanking on that. But anyway, he would have what he called a gains bowl at the end of at the end of the day. Gains bowl. So he would take Ben and Jerry's and scoop it into a bowl and then dump whole milk on it and eat it like cereal. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a video that about is that. That's disgusting. That's dope though. Yeah. Those guys are those guys are Okay, let's see. Ben and Jerry's Burlington Virgin Is that Virginia? Virginia? Damn, no, Burlington, tonight. Vermont. Vermont, there it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, Matt Frazier's from Vermont? Yeah, there the, it is. The only thing that's come out of Vermont is syrup. <laughs> and Ben and & Jerry's. And Ben & Jerry's. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Um, That guy is a f- fucking animal. Yeah. Isn't he still, like, winning the games? Yeah, he's he's arguably more dominant than Froning was in, in, as an individual. I like, watched... Uh, because, like, Froning won four times in a row, obviously, but a lot of it was like... And he's, uh, you know... He put CrossFit, helped put CrossFit on the map. Like, right. no, I don't think anyone can discount Rich Froning and his fitness and right. his insane athletic ability and all of that. But you look at how he won, and it was a lot of like 
in the last couple of events, he came from behind and won because he fell behind Matt Frazier. Just dominant. At least a couple of his wins, um, or a couple of the years that he won the title, it was like he could have just shown up and done one rep of the last event and yeah. and been and won still. Yeah. Like, so dominant. There's the one on Netflix. Damn it, I forget the name, but it, it, they do the – it's in Dubai. And it's oh, like yeah. one of the mm-hmm. qualifiers for the games. Mm-hmm. And this one, my friends like the last like two events. He's like, they're like, yeah, he didn't even need to show up. They were like trying yeah. to split the time of this documentary between men and women, and it's pretty much we were watching the women's compete because Matt Fraser's literally just, just boring. Yeah, yeah just it's the battle for second people. and third. Yeah. He's a freak, dude. They like run, run doing marathons in the in uh, the desert in Dubai and swimming in the ocean, and then the next day, like their three day events. I'm like, when you look at the evolution, I mean. Like the 20, 2008 CrossFit Games, it was like a backyard barbecue. I think it had like three or four workouts in the in the whole weekend. Really? And now it's like a four or five day event, right? right. Or well, it was. I, I I'm not super familiar with how the format is now. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's like some qualifiers and stuff. But in in recent years, it, it you know it's like 12, 15 workouts yeah. in the weekend and gnarly stuff. Like that's crazy. Oh, you're gonna you know go run you know. 10 miles through the, through the hills of California. Yeah. Like no big deal. Oh, and then right after that, yeah. you're going to one rap max deadlift. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Sound good. We'll and, give you 10 minutes to recover. And don't worry after that, you'll swim 15 kilometers in the ocean. And that's also after flying to Dave Castro's ranch. First thing in like a butt crack of dawn too. So don't forget to come back tomorrow though. We got some more stuff. Yeah. For you, like. We're going to have you swim in the open ocean. Cool. Absolutely. All right, cool. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think I was on another podcast and I, I watched them swim in Dubai and I would be like, that's it for me for the day. I'm yeah. done. I'm literally going home. Yeah. I almost died Dude, out there. I, I, I recently wanted to take up acrobatics, like tumbling and like cartwheels, round offs and stuff. And I did that for like an hour on Sunday and I was thrashed until like yesterday really? from that, from cartwheels. <laughs> and these guys are doing all this bullshit in a weekend and yeah, yeah. you know, some of them are resting, but the, that, I think that's what's other than like the whole broad capacity or capa- high work capacity across broad mobile time domains. Like the fact they can do so much so well. What I've always been impressed with is their recoverability. Right. Like, just the fact that they can just come back and do it again and again and again. You I know? would always think back to like uh, spring ball and two-a-days at Humboldt and having to take like two or three ice baths and barely being able to move after like a two days of full contact. And then like, you know, on the third day, like your body doesn't feel like it's moving correctly until you're like an hour into practice and you're so warm and your internal body temperature is like through the roof. Mm-hmm. And these guys really do. They come back in 16 hours and but do another event. It, it's true though. Like it, it's a lot of factors, right? It's, it's the mobility work they put in. It's mm-hmm. the sleep. It's the calorie, like it's the food. Like a lot of people, they just work harder, but don't recover harder right. and they get themselves. And you see that a lot less in the professional realm of CrossFit and a lot more in the recreational realm. Like you got people that are eating 1400 calories a day and yeah. doing CrossFit workouts. Like CrossFit's way too glycolytic to be in a calorie deficit for any extended period of time. Like yeah. you, you gotta be eating. It's a performance based yeah. fitness model. You gotta eat for performance. I and, remember and, there and, were, there were days when I came in from work and I like would work from like three to like noon or whatever. Yeah. And I'd come into the afternoon class and I would, not eat and there was just and it was like the next like came in day before killed it in a workout and then mm-hmm. the next day like not sore or anything but just no gas in the tank period yeah. especially on the on the when your heart rate gets through the roof well and back to what you said about people thinking in extremes of like you either got to be crushing it or nothing at all i think that's something i enjoy coaching and people too is I always tell people, like, in your warm-up, ascribe a percentage to yourself today. Like, yeah. you feel 70%. It doesn't make sense to train past 70% intensity right. today. Right. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to leave getting frustrated. Just train 70% today. You're going to get way more out of that, yeah. you know? 
and how how CrossFit scales is my favorite thing in the world. Like mm-hmm. bench press, bench press is bench press. Love bench press, mm-hmm. but it's you know you're horizontal, two hands on the bar, depending on the grip width. But that's what you're doing. There's no modifications to it really. You know, besides going to a different workout, just like dumbbells or something like that. But you know, in CrossFit, there's like five or six layers to scale, mm-hmm. and you'd have like the RX is what they're. Rec- prescribed weight is for men and women right but mm-hmm. you know you'd watch people like there'd be times i'd be i'd be scaled down two or three times it really doesn't matter where you scale how much effort you put into the workout you'll get just as much as the person next to you yeah. doing more weight sure. that's my favorite thing about it that's why i love getting back in shape with crossfit because you mm-hmm. can do all the workouts you just scale it and it'll be the same like someone could be killing it in great shape mm-hmm. and they're you know 50 60 plus pounds in every workout but you're scaled all the way down. You guys are both falling on the ground the same exact way after the workout. And see that, that, but that, yes, but to your credit, that also takes a certain mentality to carry into it as, as the athlete too. That's true. You can make it as hard as you like, want. I got an RX and your, your squat clean form is trash. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you, you haven't even done cleans before and you're trying to RX this workout. Yeah, yeah. Like let's, let's probably not do that. Let's I've seen the, a couple lifters slide through Regulus that I started when I was a trainer. They're big yeah. boys, strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, it's all good. Like, uh, I can bench whatever, you know, and I'll be like, I, I clean this. I'm like, all right, well, okay, cool. you're going to clean and then you're going to lunge and then you're going to drop it and then you're going to, you and know, an 800 meter run, an 800 meter run. And then you're going to come back pull-ups. and then you're going to do 20 <laughs> snatches. <laughs> yeah. Just letting you know, but Hey, you do your thing, bro. Yeah. You do your thing. Yeah. You said something about tumbling. I've been seeing your Instagram and, and Facebook of you doing like, some wacky shit. If you were, try- <laughs> that's okay. If you didn't know anything about fitness, it would look like I felt like I was watching some dude who just popped a killer pill at Woodstock and just, just started feeling himself. fucking hey, feeling himself, hey. dude. And I was like, so what are you? What are you doing? What, are so, you, what is that? So uh, I don't know if you've ever heard a guy named Ido Portal. He's he's an Israeli guy. He's kind of a like a movement generalist, I guess. Is he doesn't even categorize himself. He's like I'm just a movement generalist, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. But he has a very heavy uh, background in capoeira. It's a Brazilian martial art. Capoeira? Yeah. So, um, well, technically, if you really want to split hairs, it's an African martial art that was popularized in Brazil. But Okay. um, And this is like centuries old. It's been around for a long time. And um, basically, the premise of it it was actually developed um, by by slaves. And so, yeah. So, it's wild. Like, there's some documentaries. It's it's really interesting to learn about. And I think that's one of the things I love about it is knowing the history of it. Yeah. It's really cool. So, um, so the the these um, obviously these slaves were getting treated horribly in Brazil, right? right. Uh, or by the Portuguese. <laughs> they weren't those first class slaves. No, yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. So, so as a way to escape, they would they would form these little tribes and meet up and train. Right. And um, the slave owners caught on and were like, "Hey, you can't do that anymore." Mm-hmm. Obviously, for fear of getting overpowered, right? right. And so um, they started incorporating dance and music. Oh, we're just dancing, you know, but it's like gnarly martial arts. Really? Uh, but there's, there's some dance involved too. And okay. so, um, so I've always been interested in it, but it was one of, back to like the right mentality. I've wanted to do this for like two or three years mm-hmm. and I never did. Cause I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to feel like an idiot. I'm going to look stupid. Mm-hmm. Not going to do it. And then it was actually right before quarantine, right before we got shut down, that I started to delve into it a little bit, like on my Sunday sessions at home, you know, yeah. and I really started to like it and I liked the unique challenge of it. And so kind of what, what you're seeing the wacky shit. So capoeira is, is a lot of like kicks and, you know, stuff like that. Like you, you could look it up and see kind of the essence of it. 
I, I'm doing kind of like a sub category of it. It's called um, floreo. Floreo is Portuguese for flower. It's 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 actually something that actually Ida Portal kind of devised. Right. It, it's it's just it's it, it's kind of um, I really don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. It's just body control. It's very press dominant, you know, yeah. but to get by category, I guess. But you've gotten way better at it. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And he even Heather, she's because like, I I would do it when when they're napping, you know, and yeah, and she's like, yeah, at first. I, I thought you were just like falling on your face, like cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, you know? it's it, like it was, no, I don't even hear you. Like it looked like you were trying to like when I first saw it, it looked like you were like trying to squeeze through a hole, and then now I'm like, <laughs> damn, is that for like breakdancing or something? You know? So there's elements of breakdancing in it. There has there's to just be. different names. So like a corta capum rotation is what's it called in breakdancing? I think like an ice cream maker or something, you know, when you're on one leg and or a heli- helicopter where like oh, the other leg's going, going, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know the term, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, it's I've fun, man. A... And it's funny too. I was doing it at the gym one day and this guy was like, you're like that French dude from oceans 12. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I'd seen the movie and I was like, what are you talking? So I looked it up. That dude's doing capoeira. Like, yeah. He has I'm to like, be. okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Damn, That's a good compliment about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when Killing he's doing the laser maze, you know? Like, yeah, how'd yeah. you get the diamond or whatever? Yeah, how'd you get through the laser maze? <clears throat> yeah, it's all Capoeira stuff. So it's really cool because it's been <clears> – <throat> when Regulus ended, I – you know, because before Regulus, like, my first love was the barbell. My dad was a high-level lifter and got me into barbell, and I loved it, you know? And I still do. I still love the barbell, but, you know, obviously CrossFit, is lo- there's a lot of barbell in it. And right. after Regulus ended, I just kind of was just like, I just need a break from all things that remind me of CrossFit. You right. know, I just – and so I got into calisthenics for a little while, and what Capoeira has done for me is it's it's renewed my passion in fitness because it's an endless project that I feel like I'm working on. It's like video games, honestly. It feels like I unlocked a new level, right. you know. Um, and it's it's really it's it's helped me understand the begin the importance of adopting a beginner's mindset, you know, of like meaning that it's okay to suck at stuff. And yeah. and and there was a study um, that actually Ido uh, cited that they, they did a brain scan on, on these two groups of people, and they said, you have a month to learn how to juggle. They just picked a random skill, juggle. And so they did a brain scan to monitor brain activity in the beginning of the test and then at the end. And for the people that got pretty good at juggling and the people that still kind of sucked at it, they found there was no difference in the rate of brain activity growth. And so he's like, what does that tell us? That, that what that tells us is growth isn't in mastery. Growth is just exposing yourself to new things. Right. That's where your brain grows. That it's it's when you suck at stuff. Yeah. Is when when you're first when it feels awkward and all that. And that was kind of an eye opening thing for me. I think that's what honestly pushed me into doing capoeira. I was like, well, if I want growth, then I got to accept that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's been really cool. It's been it's been. <clears throat> I feel, I, and I feel like it's something that I'll always do because it's it's challenged my mobility in ways like oh you can touch your toes that's that's great you can squat yeah yeah great not it's gonna help you a little bit in capoeira but not really like yeah, yeah. It, it's challenged it, I thought I was mobile and flexible and it's showing me that I'm not <laughs> at all. reality check there <laughs> dude yeah <laughs> yeah when yeah. I first saw it I was like oh yeah I'd pull every muscle if I tried to do any of that oh I fucked myself up when when I I was doing some uh actually gymnastics high bridges you know and and um. It was because I hadn't addressed some pelvic dysfunction stuff that I had had uh, from old injuries. And uh, I woke up the next day and my wife had to put my shoes on. Like, I, I couldn't move. Jesus. I was coaching sessions at any time laying on the turf because I was in so much, like, sciatic pain. It's like, sorry. I like kind of I had to, like, preface every session with, like, guys, I'm in a lot of pain. So if I start laying down, it's not because I'm, like, trying to take a nap. <laughs> it's because I'm in pain right now. Like, I am hurting. So Damn. that was eye-opening, and, and, and it's really reinforced, you know, back to, like, CrossFit, like, you're right, that 
the CrossFit as a model is really good about progressions, but some gyms don't coach it well enough. Athletes don't follow well enough and they end up skipping steps and hurting themselves. And that's one thing that Capoeira has really re ingrained in me too, is trust the progressions. Like if I'm doing one of those flows for a set of 10, I I always told myself like, I need to be able to comfortably do the beginner variation for five sets of 10 easily and repeatedly over multiple sessions before I even attempt the next progression. Yeah. And that has really, it's, it, it's, it's reminded me of like the, the importance of having discipline there and like trusting the process and, yeah. and being patient and mm-hmm. always, and going back to like, you're never too strong for the empty bar. Right. In fact, you'll get more out of easier Absolutely. progressions after you're more advanced because now you have a deeper understanding of the movement. It's also very you know? awkward when you're moving weight that is so easy to move, you know, like, you know, like a clean, like if you do a clean properly, you know what I mean? And you, you, you keep a neutral spine, you keep your elbows in. And, and, and when you pull that bar with a good amount of weight, your body kind of will, if you know the basic movement, will naturally fall, fall into place. Mm-hmm. But you get, hand somebody a PVC pipe who knows how to do a clean and tell them to model clean. It looks really weird and awkward because it's so light mm-hmm. that you can really move any way that you want. Yeah. A modest experience. Well, and that, tell, that, that tells you as the coach and it should tell you as the athlete that you have you have a decent understanding of the movement but not fully like you need you, you need to you need to trust the progressions and i tell people that in the gym all the time like the, the empty bar is not just a chance to warm your body up hopefully you've warmed up a little bit before you've touched the bar mm-hmm. but it, it's skill acquisition it's a time where because when the only time you're developing skill is when the intensity is low like if right. you're in the middle of a metcon or doing a heavy triple of back squats you're gonna your central nervous system is gonna do whatever current skills that you have yeah from yeah. kind of a survival standpoint, yeah, you know, absolutely. the only, th- that's the importance of skill work. Like you have to slow things down right. and boil them down and, and refine your patterns. You yeah, know, like flaws will naturally be exposed when you're pushing yourself to the limit. Yeah. One, I, I don't know if he's one of the owners anymore, but one of the owners regulus who was a games athlete, Matt, um, mm-hmm. he, uh, um, Matt Strand. Yeah. <laughs> Love Matt Strand. Yeah. Shout great, out to great Matt, dude. dude. And, and training with him. Cause I got the opportunity to train with him for a yeah. little while before I left. Yeah. And, I was training um, with him too. He was, he's dude, a bad motherfucker, I have, dude. Yeah. Bad motherfucker. I've never seen anyone do more accessory work than that guy. Yeah, yeah. If, if he had a 90 minute training session, probably 30 minutes of it at least was controlled articular rotations, like oh, all yeah. the boring, not sexy shit. That's not going to get you likes on Instagram, but I would, I would watch him warm up for like 45, 50 minutes yep. before he would snatch. Yeah. But I think he was really he's talented. At, oh man, he was a freak. Yeah, I would work work out with him next to him sometimes, and I'm like, "That's enough. I yeah. need you to chill the fuck out." You've well, lapped me eight times. I remember this. we did this chipper one time that started off with 100 calories on the rower, and that was something I felt like I was better than him at because I was like yeah, 20 yeah. calories ahead. Like, oh, I'm crushing him in this workout, mm-hmm. and then he just passed me like I was standing still after that. Yeah, like, dude, he's a freak. He was done like 10 minutes before I was. Yeah, it's like, a, well, he's shit. He's an absolute. He's an absolute freak. But he, like you said, he got, he put the work in to get advanced. Yeah. So with this, there's a blow up in fitness, like a massive blow up. I would say in the the last like five years, I've never seen fitness explode so much. Like the vast majority, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong or what you think, the vast majority of the population embarks in some type of fitness now, or it's not like frowned upon, but like everyone's kind of got that desire to be fit and we're a little more educated on health and things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So you see a lot more people coming to the gym. Yeah. I feel like with a greater population, there's people who are a little less, and no fault of their own, but like a little less educated. Do you see people coming to the gym and just trying to jump? Oh, you yeah. Know, you know, all the time. Jump? It, it drives me nuts. I'll see people come in, like their warmth is like one of these, and the next thing you know, they have two plates on the bar. Yeah. And 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 the, the and it's just, and you know, it, if you don't know, you don't know. Like you can't yeah. fault them for not knowing. Yeah. To an extent, it's like, well, 
Yeah. You, you can learn all you want. You you're know, cy- like you're, you literally have a computer in your hand. You're so. a slow cyborg. Yeah. So, but, but, um, I, it, I, I just wish that they would, that they knew that they're not only putting themselves at risk by doing that, but they're dumping a lot of power they could be utilizing by not stimulating their CNS before yeah. the workout. And I mean, you, you know, you watch, you watch like a horse race, right? And I don't know what horse is, so it's just an analogy, but they don't just wake the horses up and go, all right, time to race. Like yeah. they, they're priming them because they're high, they're high performing yeah. machines. Right. And same with us, like the higher you want to perform, you got to put in the skill work. Yeah. That's something we've really reinstilled in our programming is, you know, we warm up and then kind of like an, in a CrossFit model, like we go, okay, we got heavy kettlebell swings today. So we're going to spend a few minutes learning mm-hmm. how to set up for that and how not to do it. And yeah. like, you, you got to learn those things. So you have to, I saw sometimes in the programming and still see it when I just came back a year and a half later that, uh, you know, I respect how they would program. Some of them are very unique and, and, and amazing, but weren't proper for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel us rushing through the skills sometimes and yeah. not being able to give the attention. Because I think, you know, people are like, man, CrossFit's so expensive, as it should be, though. I mean, how many other places where it's every single day? You have a personal trainer that will know you personally, that will track your weights. You sure. know what I mean? That's that's a that's a huge thing. And, and I feel like some of those skills would get, you know, short-sighted and everyone is so thirsty to get to that metcom or get to that amrap you know Mm -hmm. like if there was like a you know there'd be times it's like a 30 minute cap or whatever the case may be the first the entire 30 minutes there shouldn't even be a strength portion it should just be skills work and getting ready for that yeah that workout in my personal opinion well no you're right and that's the that's the hard part from from someone who's programmed for a crossfit gym and and programmed for gyms there's so much to consider and you're you're trying to like first of all you need intent you're not just throwing random exercises out there but you also have to keep in mind like okay the average person is only coming two to three days a week because ideally we could just do cleans for the entire class you know where we have a good 10 minute warm-up like general warm-up we have another 10 15 minutes of of some progression work you know we're talking in between we're tweaking things we're doing drill work yeah and you just do squat cleans that day and and you do a really good session of squat cleans and, and it's just strength work that day right that's ideal yeah. or or another day is hey we're just going to work on endurance today you yeah. know but the problem is you got again you got people only coming in two or three days a week you got you know i think sometimes coaches can make the mistake of trying to entertain people yeah. <clears throat> which is a mistake you know yeah. because it's not about entertainment it's about what's best for the client Correct. you know and so as a coach you kind of got to draw that line of like yeah i'm giving you a combination of what you want and what you need like what you want is to learn all the things, but what you need is to not do that every session because you're yeah. not going to learn all the things that way. Back to the the skill acquisition, you yeah. know. So like I've I've noticed the biggest jump in in clients' progression when we only focus on a couple things. Like I was doing a, a small group session the other day, we did deadlifts and we did front rack step ups and farmers carries. That was all we did that day. But I saw every person in that session progress in their in their deadlifts, and you can see on their face. You can see on their faces like when. Like I learned something today. Oh, yeah. I got better instead of I just got tired. And then when they, anyone can make anyone tired, yeah, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> that's very true. You know, because that's like <clears throat> that's sometimes a stigma of like like a you know higher interval training, like fall on the ground after and you're just sweating and it's like you know crazy fifteen minutes. But yeah. Like I remember when I, uh, you know, when I really got my technique down for a power clean, mm-hmm. um, and I just worked on my technique and worked on my technique and then nothing went over two twenty five working on my technique, high rep technique, technique for like three weeks at Humboldt. And then I came back and there was a heavy day and we were going to mark our score and I power cleaned 315. And I don't think I ever went over like 265. 
but everything was just so tight. Everything was so, uh, like you just said, you know, when you, when, when your bodies get pushed to the limit, it's going to go back to, it's like, it's, it's natural, you know, instinct. Mm -hmm. And it was so muscle memory. I was like, all right, I got to get under this. I got to get under this bar. I don't know if I'm going to be able to squat down this low or pull this hard or have the right jerk. But I already knew how to do it. And I just naturally did it. And I was like, holy. I was like in there with the old lineman. I was like, yeah. yeah what's up, Hogs? Yeah. What's Fat up? Running yeah. back in the house. What's <laughs> good? Yeah. So you've had baseball, mm-hmm. fighting, mm-hmm. Uh, CrossFit after that? Yeah, CrossFit after that. And then after that, because again, barbell was all kind of always a part of it. Like, yeah. like, and I got started with the barbell at, at about 12 years old in the garage. My dad, you know, because again, he was he was a track and field athlete. He was an Olympic alternate um, for the javelin. You know, guy was snatching like 290 and back squatting 600. And, right, right. You know, all but also you know could stand underneath a basketball hoop and dunk. You know, like yeah. just just a, an athlete. Yeah. Um. So I got my start with barbell. Yeah, and then baseball. Uh, two years of football in high school, but. After those first two years, my dad was kind of like, you know, you're getting pretty good at sports, and if you want to see this going to college, he kind of made me choose. He was like, you need to choose one. And I had played baseball, like, my whole life up to that, so I was like, well, baseball. Yeah. I, I love baseball. I, I like football. I love baseball. Yeah, yeah. So baseball, yeah, and then and then after that, fighting, um, which kind of had an element of CrossFit. Like, my coach, he uh, – shout out to Rich Montoya. He's awesome dude, but um, – he was the kind of guy. He was, so he was a light heavyweight champion in the WEC. He knew what it take to he knew what it took to one and kick someone's ass and right, right. knew good jujitsu and all that. But he was also an iron worker, so he would come from a twelve hour day and go, "All right, um, let's grab a weight plate and we're just gonna smoke you for like the next half hour," you know. So it was good in a sense of like I learned mental a lot about mental toughness. I learned a lot about my abilities in fighting for that sure. Boy tried to break you every day, <laughs> every day. Yeah. yeah, like he would have us like carry a tire like for just yeah. you know making shit up. Like we had this thing called Shark Tank that if you were preparing for a fight, Good you'd show. be in the cage, and you'd be sparring and, and like so full MMA, like all of it, not just not just one isolated discipline. Every minute, beep time pause, that person would leave and a fresh person would come in. So a lot of times you'd be like, you just got you just got mounted, yeah. and you're gassed because you've been going for five minutes straight, and now this person's been chilling, no. just licking their chops, and just comes in and fucks you up, you know. So, Jesus. yeah, so we did stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah so MMA and then, um, so kind of shades of CrossFit, not like traditional true CrossFit. And then after that, CrossFit, um, even when I was a personal trainer at Anytime Fitness, uh, the first time running my own business, I was doing a lot of AMRAPs and yeah, yeah. cons and stuff like that with my clients. And then, yeah, after Regulus ended, it was a lot of just pure calisthenics, like, yeah. I want to get a freestanding handstand. I want to get a strict bar muscle up. I want to, you know, kind of that kind of stuff. And then I still do a lot of that, but that's led into like capoeira. I still do kettlebells and stuff like that too. I kind of just do a a little bit of everything right now, honestly. The only thing I don't do is a lot of barbell leg stuff because I have the type of body where, and I know you you do too, like I like fitting into my shorts and pants. I I I do back squats for two weeks and I don't fit into anything (laughs) I don't. I don't know what that's like. Oh, you don't? Into, I fit, no, fitting into oh, shorts okay. and... Bro, like, athletic fit. That's the key term. It's the stretchy material. <laughs> it's the stretchy. Yeah. I'll see like jegging pants, <laughs> you know, and I like try to shop on the low and I like snag one off the rack, yeah. but I need them. It's like, <clears throat> I got, I mean, they got me, they got me a scholarship. I can't, you know, I love yeah. my, I love my thunder thighs, but once the scholarship was over, yeah, I was like, okay, so I it's just a have struggle. to keep these. Yeah. Like, these things are just here. 
It's a struggle, man. So like, I I don't miss that at all. So yeah, yeah that's one thing I don't do is like leg day. Right, I do right. leg exercises, but I don't do leg day anymore. My Can't. leg days are, are are high reps, low weight. There you go. Because like it's if good. I, you know, like I I don't think they're not they're not gonna be not strong. Like I walked into with Sal and threw a three seventy five on my back and hit it. And Shit. I think it's just because my legs are massive. But I'm like nothing about me wants to get my legs bigger in any way, shape, or form. What? I think also it's the difference, like, strength has le less to do with your muscle mass and more with your sense of nervous system. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why you see high-level Olympic lifters, like, um, I can't pronounce his name, he's the Chinese weightlifter, that clean and clean and jerks, like, 440 and is weighs in at, like, 160 pounds. This a psych? What? Yeah, dude, you've never seen that? Wait, wait, and he wait, wait, squat wait, wait. jerks it in a squat. He's 160 pounds. He weighs in at 160, so he's probably heavier than that when he lifts, right. but... Not that much heavier. Are, He's not 200. Yeah, I was about to say, even if you were 200. Even if you were 400 pounds to be able to do that. <laughs> like, that's wild. Jesus. Yeah, dude. It's it's like Lu Juan or something. I can't pronounce his last name, but. You know, this is a. Wild. Is, I mean, you look at his back. It just looks like the Grand Canyon. This guy is just yeah, insane. Just shredded. Oh, dude. I yeah. mean, it's we're in a world of PC, but Asians be doing some wild shit sometimes in fitness. Like the the sense of discipline and. Yeah. And the, you know, it's one of those like, countries where it's like, you're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? They started when he was a sperm. Like, yeah. God, that's a really early time to start. <laughs> Some kids get a Buzz Lightyear doll for their first birthday. He got a barbell. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no. You can't. No rollerblades. You could hurt yourself. We have the Olympics in 13 years. Like, Yeah. From what I've seen, I've obviously never been over there. But from what I've seen, it seems like it's that kind of culture of yeah, like, yeah. you're doing this. You know, so, kind of a specialist culture. So, so I, have, I have a question. You've been sure. through all these categories of, of fitness. Now, one thing that I loved about you as a trainer and I don't know how far back it stems, or even if you've thought about it this way, but you're definitely like an you're you're an artist in the in the game of fitness, right? So there's like you know, the artist who will paint the painting and then sell the painting because they just love the artistry of it. And then there's people who will buy the painting because they don't give a shit about the process; they want mm -hmm. the end result. So if I translate it to fitness, it's like the big muscles, the nice veins. They want the product, so they'll just like you said, go to the gym and just get me to the metcon and kill me for 15 to 30 minutes. Where did like have you always had this like passion for how and you know how the the type of fitness was built and the history of it and and all that stuff? Because usually people are just like, I want to get in shape to look like this. Mm -hmm. You're very targeted, and why is this successful? Why do we do it? Who did it come from? You know, how does it benefit me? And that's how you gain your education. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just my my own experience with fitness because I've I haven't always been passionate about fitness. Like I said, growing up, I. I I was the action figure video game kid. I was not the yeah. go out and ride the bike and stud in sports, you know. Right. I kind of rode the pine a lot. And so um <laughs> fucking bench warmer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. I was the very unathletic kid. Yeah. I was strong, but I was unathletic, you know. Yeah. And um the passions just kind of developed over the years, you know. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of one of those things where it's like you don't you don't feel motivated, you get motivated. Like motivation is cultivated by action, and I think yeah. passion is cultivated by action too. You can't just sit back and think about what you're passionate about. You got to go out and do it, you know? Right. And, um, and I think that, yeah, I, I, you, that's a really good way to put it. Cause I also do art too, right? right. Like I draw and, and do stuff like that. But like, I, I enjoy like the composition of a workout and like, I get chills when someone squats to full depth for the first time, like, you know, yeah. just to see them light up, you know? And yeah, so I, I, I definitely think that, um, the passion for it has just kind of been cultivated over the years and over it was a commitment I made to myself when I first became a coach that like, I'll never take anyone through someone I've never, something I've never done before myself. Yeah. And so that kind of 
automatically made one of my pillars of coaching. Like it's all about application. Like you can read all you want, but you got to apply. And, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, that's a really good question. I've never really reflected on that. Like why, what makes me passionate about it? I just, I just love movement. I, I, I think it's part of my beliefs. Like I, I think that, um, it's not a coincidence that we get endorphins after a workout. Like right. we're made to move, yeah, you yeah. know, like what we're supposed to move. And yet stream Netflix too. Been like, there's, there's a time and a place to just do nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But by and large, go for a walk. And I think that's one thing that especially that Ido has taught me is that that fitness is a, like a small planet in the universe of movement, yeah. like, like structured workouts, like yeah. movement could be anything. It could be dance. It could be going for a walk. It could be taking the stairs two by two. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it could be anything like, and, and, I just want people to move. Like, right. I don't care how you arrive there. Sure. There's, there's some absolutes. Like you need to learn how to pull with your lats and press with your chest yeah, and yeah. full, full depth in your hips and stuff like that. But how you get there, that, that, that's up to you. Yeah. You don't ever have to touch a barbell to do that. You know, yeah. like I had a guy in my office one time, <clears throat> I want a six pack and he had a good amount of weight to lose. I want a six pack. Okay, cool. So yeah. t- t- tell me a little bit more. Like what, why, why, what, what about a six pack is, is attractive to you, you know? And, and after asking him some questions, come to find out he wants better energy for his kids. Right. And I was like, dude, good news. You don't need a six pack. pack yeah. You know, like so, I sleep like shit. Cause I'm yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, like you got to define what you want to. And I, I enjoy that process too, of helping people come to their own. It's what's known as like cognitive coaching, like leading people to their own answers, right, right. you know, of like, cause your fitness, like I've even told clients before, I care about you, but whether you lose this weight or not, I get eight hours of sleep either yeah. way. Like yeah, yeah. this is all, this is on you. I'll right. provide guidance. I'll be here for you. But this is on you. So you have, I, to, I, you have to get engaged. I enjoy that process of like, you know, I've talked to clients that I had for a few years and I haven't trained for a few years and they're still killing it. They're still sticking with it. Like yeah. that's, that's what I love about coaching. And I, I don't know if I answered the question, but yeah, I mean, it was a complex question, I guess, yeah. but, but no, it, it does. Cause I, one thing that, uh, I was talking, I was talking to my dad about it that really linked me. It was funny that you said, like, I didn't want to fuck with anybody when I got to the gym was because I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of like. First of all, to, I'll be blatantly honest, a little, that was the first time being like a CrossFit gym of that population. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just moved to Northern Nevada, you know, right. and it's, I pop into this Different gym and it's like, you know, not that anything is wrong with these people. They were all amazing people, yeah. but it's like 30, 40 year old, you know, just fucking white guys and soccer moms. And I just didn't have anything to really relate to them. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not here for the fucking small talk. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. talk to these people about the Bay and shit <laughs> yeah. like that, you know, like. Half of the words I say to them, they're probably not even going to understand, you know? And so I just put my hood on and go. Um, but, but like, it's empty. There's no stimuli in that, in those mm-hmm. social interactions. And then, like, when we started to really inter- interact, it was a cognitive stimuli, you know? Like, I remember vividly there were times, like, uh, I, I sucked at pull-ups because my shoulder, you know? And the amount of work we did on my shoulder, on the yeah. kipping and all that stuff, right. you'd be asking me like, you know, how does that feel? Okay. Well, why do you think you're moving like this? Or, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be doing. What do you think stopping you from that? Or what have you done outside of, outside of here? Are you doing any extra work? Are you coming in and, and working on, or a lot of times pulling me back, like get your fucking hands off the bar. You're not even there yet. Like, let's just hang, let's just yeah. hang from something, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you said, the process and it was, there was, you know, you, the, the journey, and the artistry of it, you know, the stroke of the paintbrush, mm-hmm. you were about that. And I was like, man, this is really fucking cool. Most I, of the stuff was, did the weight get up and did you complete the rep? Mm-hmm. You know, but the in-between, that short half a second in-between mattered way more to you than the final result. 
you yeah. know, and then, uh, cause that's more long lasting, right? Like, yeah, like right. you're gonna, PRs are going to come and go, but do you have this core practice that betters your life? That, yeah. that, 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 cause I mean, I, and back to like the, the question about like what cultivates passion about movement. I mean, on it's seeing what it's done for people, you know, like, like for myself, first and foremost, obviously, like obviously self-esteem, but it's just, it's, it's given me something to work on. And like, cause you know, you, you look like, again, we're not meant to be stagnant. We're meant yeah. to grow. And there's a time and a place like it, it's healthy rhythms. Like you don't yeah. always need to be go, go, go. But by and large, if we're not progressing, like we're deteriorating, yeah. right? Just like with muscles, if you don't work them, they atrophy and our brains are kind of the same way. Right. So I think it's, and, and just seeing what it's done for people. Like I could list a ton of stories. One of them that comes to mind is this guy that I used to, I trained for years. We met up every Monday at 2 p.m. for an hour, and um, he uh, most of the time it would be him and I talking in the office because he had no one else to talk to. Right. And yeah, we worked out. We solved some of his movement issues. His main issue was binge drinking on the weekends, and it was like a closet thing. Like he, he no one, no one really knew, you know. And, and yeah, yeah, like bad. And uh, he's eight, he's like 18 months sober now. And um, I'm not gonna take credit, but he's like you know. Other than like one other person, you're really the only person I talk to about right. this stuff. You're a part and of it. It's an honor to be able to do that. And even though a lot of our sessions weren't movement based, it was movement and fitness that brought us together yeah, yeah. and 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 has since bettered his life. Because now we haven't trained together in like a year and he's still crushing it and yeah. still sober and yeah, the, stuff like that. Like that that's what matters more to me than six packs. Six packs come and go. Yeah. You're not gonna be on your deathbed going, I'm so glad I had abs. You know, I'm so glad I ate all that spinach. That's you know? why that's why I get upset at the narrative of fitness, like you know, I'll see these, uh, like Instagram models and things like that. And they look amazing, mm -hmm. you know, but like the day that they woke up and they had that body, they didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't overcome some massive, you know, obstacle or anything like that. But, and they, <clears throat> there's this weird narrative, like <clears throat> if I look like this and if I'm that fit, you see a lot of those people will have success, follow them. Right. Yeah. But I wish the narrative was, you know, that person was in the gym you know, however many times a day, however many hours and was going consistently and had to cross over these adversities that were hitting them as life does to every single human being, you know, yeah. and in those meat and potatoes, I think that's why the success follows. That's why people are able to go 18 months sober or, you mm -hmm. know, that's why people are able to have the confidence to go out and be an influencer or partner with this or yeah. strive for their goals or whatever. It's those, the meat and potatoes, you yeah. know, like, yeah, they look great. Like that gets you a dumbass amount of likes on Instagram. Congratulations. Insatiable appetite though. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, yeah. it's the in-betweens like, man, I'm fucking exhausted. You know, I'm, I'm like taking a picture on Instagram and looking sexy and getting 50 million likes. That's not going to cross correlate to do anything in your life. In my yeah. personal opinion, but the day you wake up and you're absolutely exhausted and your body is fatigued and you still have a job because you're not famous or anything like that, you know, you're, and you got a kid and you're still going to school and you're somehow balancing your life and striving for this way, way down the road goal, you know, that that's priceless. That's irreplaceable. That's irreplaceable currency, you know, and you yeah. can translate that into everything. Like when I was getting upset cause I felt myself falling off as a dad not too long ago when I was out here. Cause mm -hmm. I just started working out again, like two months ago and nice. I was getting, I was out of shape and I was just like, I was sleeping. Let I was, wasn't sleeping right. I was falling off as a dad. I was falling off at work. And you can just feel it. Like when you push yourself in my, in my life, when I push myself in the gym and I get myself in better shape and I'm not trying to be like a fitness model, but it translates those times translate into, into my life. I've never yeah. been like in my best shape and gone into the gym. Then it's just like, it's, it's just a blast in yeah. the gym. 
Well, know? it's all it's all about the mindset you carry into it. Like, you know, when I was fighting, I was even leaner than I am now, but I was super unhealthy mentally. Yeah. Like, I would barbecue is one of my favorite things in the world. I love barbecues, right? Yeah, come on now, let's go. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just I w- went to the Mexican market the other day. Off topic, Mexican market off Audi, and man, they have the, the <clears throat> their pre seasoned uh, el- uh, chicken and pork. Mm. And you don't even have to do anything. You just throw it on the grill, and you just hand it to somebody, and you're like, yeah, I'm a grill master. It's not a big deal. It's yeah. the best chicken you've ever had in your it's fucking life. It's kind of a little passion of mine. So, yeah. yeah, but... Um, a fatties. <laughs> quick podcast break. Let's talk about some food real quick. Yeah, <laughs> we right? We both like, almost lost our train of thought. Like, oh, food. Oh, but I would make up re- like excuses as to why I didn't want to go to barbecues or why I couldn't make it when really it was just cause I didn't want to derail my diet, you know? And I right. was, I always quote John Candy from cool runnings. Like if you're not good enough without it, you'll never be good enough with it. Right. Yeah. Because from personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a mistake to think once I get down to 160 pounds, I'm going to feel better about myself because yeah. you'll still be picking up those same, those same, that same thought pattern of I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I got love handles, whatever. It's still going to be there. Yeah. Don't, don't think for one second that once you hit this magical number on the scale, and that's a slippery slope to be too. Like my number on the scale was 190. If I was below 190, I was I was on top of the world. I felt yeah. so good. I it even changed how I saw myself in the mirror. I saw like this lean person. If I was 191, <clears throat> I was a fat piece of shit. I would yeah. go for a run, and I it changed how I two pounds would change how I saw myself in the mirror. Man. And back to those Instagram influencers, I think a couple of things it's important to remember to them. Number one, they don't talk a lot about what it takes to get there because there's a cost to get lean and to stay lean. Hell yeah. There's a lot that has some, to be different about your life. Some are not uh, Some are not fun. So, yeah, some are not not healthy people. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of like shades of the bodybuilding world, like not to pick apart the bodybuilding world, but if we were to do blood tests on bodybuilders after they came off stage, we would quickly realize that's not the pinnacle of health. Yeah, yeah. They're lean, and, and it took a lot to get there, and I admire the dedication, but on stage they're yeah. they're they're most deprived they're dehydrated depleted like there's literally only been a few who've been able to do it healthy yeah and then you look at a lot of recovering bodybuilders right like some a lot of them are able to maintain their physiques but a lot of them don't like, like there's ronnie a lot of yo was that like ronnie coleman yeah yeah exactly you know? hip surgeries he was like, the only one to do it healthy his organs and heart are fine you know but but yeah, joints. His, his yeah. body, his body took a toll. That, he that lightweight baby came yeah. back to bite him. You lightweight. know, yeah. lightweight. There's a documentary on him, and he doesn't, he doesn't fucking regret one second of it. He's yeah, like, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, worth it to him. It and was worth it to him. Good and he, he was also like, he was very vocal. Like, I knew this was gonna happen. You know, the doctors told me. I knew I had bulging discs. Like, I knew this was gonna happen. But he's like, my family's set for generations and generations. I was the best in the world. He's like, I. He was talking about how he, he really only did. A, I think he did. D-ball, I mm-hmm. think, is the steroid that he did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, there's some people who could do all the steroids in the world and would never look like me. He's like, mm-hmm. I had a genetic gift, and I realized it. And he's like, cool, now so tax steroids on and my yeah. diet and my work ethic. He's like, I could do something that nobody has ever accomplished. He's like, fuck it. You know, if I got to walk with this walker for 10 to 15 years, like. His family set, and that's worth it to him. I'm Good a millionaire, yeah. He was great. You know, he's just old southern boy. He's like, yeah, screw it. I wouldn't want that life because I want to oh, like, live my life in retirement and, you yeah. know, and yeah. be able to do things with my body, you I know. Can, I can do it. He's no. all about it. Playing with his kids with his little walker. I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. He, he's like, yeah. I'm going to walk down these stairs. I'm going to get down these stairs. Lightweight. Well, and I think that's that, that also speaks to the fact that specialists pay a price. Like, if you only yeah. do one thing one way forever, like, you pay a price. Yeah. You know, I, I think. I think, I think everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you know, there's, there's I think very it's, few it, who don't who are the best at their crafts. They sacrifice a lot. Yep. I think it's important to, to switch things up. You know, and the, the other point about the Instagram influencers, a lot of people don't realize, like, a lot of those people get really shredded and shoot a whole bunch of content and then just release that all year. Oh, yeah. To give the appearance that they're lean. Because I've seen it. Yeah. There's a couple of people that I used to follow that, man, you're just shredded all year. And then every once in a while on their story, a picture would pop through like, wait a minute, you don't look like your archive post from today. Yeah, yeah. Wait I, a minute. Because that, that, that life cannot, is not sustainable. And is it worth it to you? Like, And it's okay if it's not. If it's yeah. not worth it to you to do what it takes to get there. I always tell people the quickest way to get frustrated is to want something you're not willing to work for. Right. So def- like, what do you want? Look at someone who's achieved that mm-hmm. and what they do and what they've changed. Is is that what you want to do? Yes yeah, or no, yeah. right? Yeah. If it's no, okay, let's pivot. And then, and then devil's advocate to all the haters who are like, you know, that could be unhealthy or this, that, and the other. Like, if that's what you want to do, it's a necessary sacrifice that you decide that you want to do, all good. You know, like, I love I love Applebee's. I know it's the best, <laughs> mi- I, it's the best microwave food in town. I'll go there. It's not good for me. It's yep. not healthy, but that's something that I want to do. I know yep. that's a very strange analogy, but you know, like both sides aren't both sides aren't wrong. Right. Both sides are right, but choosing one side um, and not wanting the sacrifices that come with it is a is the wrong thing. I love what David Goggins says about that. You, you familiar with David Goggins? No, who's David? Oh Goggins? man, he's he's known as the baddest motherfucker on the planet. He's uh, Mike Tyson. So so. <laughs> He would probably get his ass kicked by Mike Tyson yeah, yeah, yeah. in a fight, but yeah. he's a guy that um, he he went through Hell Week for the Navy SEALs like three times. He has oh, I think I've heard this name. He's actually. run multiple like hundred mile races. I actually got to see him speak uh, two two years ago, no, last year in Louisville um, at a conference. And so anyway, um, how was I going to bring him up? I'm totally blanking on why I'm bringing him up. Oh, he said uh, in terms of like people not knowing what they want. He was like, you know, everyone reads everyone else's books but they never read their own book. Like what matters to you? Right. Spend some time thinking about that. Shut yeah. your phone down for once. You know, I know it's ironic to say, but like listen to a couple less podcasts. Right. And it's ironic. Yeah, it, it is, but it's true. It's couple, worth, Yeah. Yeah. Listen it, to your more local podcast. Yes. Uh, yes. <clears throat> quarter life crisis. Quarter life crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, but you know, listen to what you want, like yeah. what matters to you. Right. Like, like for me, I've been leaner than I am now. But I like being able to go to frozen yogurt with my daughter and not like have to enter into a calorie counter or have yeah. to worry like, oh no, I, I, I can't do that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my abs. First of all, scientifically, that's impossible to lose your abs off one meal. But yeah, yeah. secondly, even if I did, am I going to be on my deathbed thankful for all the time with my kids? Yeah. Or for my abs? Yeah. You know, like I'm going to remember that time. It's, yeah. it's that deathbed mentality. Like it's kind of morbid, but it's important. Like you yeah. got to keep that. It's, it's so easy to get wrapped up and like, no, I got to achieve this. And it's like, is it worth it to you? You know? And if it's not, that's okay. Yeah, it was wild going through boxing and, and, and playing ball. Like, I had a couple coaches who were like, you know, you're a great athlete. And I think that there's a possibility, not the NFL, but maybe like overseas <laughs> or the CFL, you might be able to, you know, get a shot at the next level or whatever. If you, if you were to lose like this or get down to this. And I would never diet. All through everything that I've ever done, CrossFit, college ball, boxing, CrossFit again here, never took any supplements or anything like that because mm-hmm. – uh, it's simple and stupid, but I mean, you know me, like once you, once you got my, got me to take the hood off of my hoodie in the gym, like I'm a social butterfly. Like mm-hmm. I never shut up. I love going out and eating and socializing with people. It's like yeah. one of my favorite things to do in the world. Mm-hmm. Like COVID has been fucking my whole life up because I love like a couple people and I'll like, you know, I'll start talking to people at the next table, go out and get a beer and just socialize and talk. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. I enjoy that. I love that. And a lot of people who go on those strict diets, that's a big sacrifice that they mm-hmm. make. Like I can't go nowhere. 
Yeah. I mean, you want to go get something to, uh, something to eat? Like, I actually just meal prep for the next 485 days, so. Or I, I could bring your own meal prep to a barbecue. And, hey, if that's you, <laughs> great, but. You're not allowed to my I barbecue. will have your serving of potato salad. Yeah, then. I was going to say, like, you're not allowed to my cookout. Yeah. Is that Tupperware? Yeah. That better be empty and for leftovers. And, again, like, you could make the argument that's probably not a great mentality to have, but, again, if that's. That's what you want to do. Who am I to tell anyone? Who are we to tell anyone not to do that? Like, if that's worth it to you, great. Not worth it to me. Yeah. But, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you're wrong either. You know? So, so where the where the fuck is fitness now with COVID going on? Like, how how is this? It's a lot last, more remote. I was gonna <clears> say <throat> April second is when they really shut this bitch down here in Reno. Uh, actually, we shut down March fifteenth. Holy think. shit! That yeah. early? Yeah, we had to shut down by ten a.m. I think it was March fifteenth. It was whatever that Tuesday was of that week. So what? So what? What's been going on? Like in the industry, and then with you at at yeah. So anytime, you know, I'll start with anytime. Um, things are slowly coming back. Like like you know, obviously a lot of a lot of cancellations membership wise, but from people that weren't really using the gym anyway. Right. I think it was, and listen, COVID's real, right? Like it, it's real. I, I I think it's real. You could make the argument that there's some things going on, but but I also think that, you know, and Stuart Brower, who's who's a, a business consultant for for micro gyms, he said this. He was like, people now have the greatest excuse in the world to cancel their gym memberships. It's like, oh, COVID. Like, yeah, I can't go because of COVID. Yeah, when really it's because you just weren't going to the gym. Correct. For some people, some people have legitimate concern, right? You got pre, pre you're at risk. I, I totally get that. Yeah, like, yeah. please can't. If you don't feel comfortable coming, please don't come. I'm not gonna make you feel bad for not, but. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of people, for, for being honest, that are just like, finally, my here's my excuse, you know, to finally stop going. So there's there's a lot of that. To inter I gotta interject. I think that it's it's if you're if you're distancing properly, like uh, I, that was a big motivator for me to get back in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would be picketing about where's I need flood me with information on how to take care of myself, mm -hmm. how to increase my immune system. Because yeah. yes, it is real. The mortality rate is extremely low. And it's very focused on some people who are, you know, have compromised immune system. And mm -hmm. I think what we're doing, social distancing, is correct to protect the people who yeah. are compromised. Because we don't know. Under their control or not under their control. But, like, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be fighting to get healthier right now. Yeah. Big time. You know what I mean? And some things like the mask mandate that we have to follow is, like, we're doing it so we can stay open. And, and we're doing it, you know, because there, there's probably some truth to it. But... In my opinion, that the mandate's a little silly. Like yeah. you, you have to wear it entering and exiting the gym, but you can take it off during intense exercise, in. which intense exercise is so ambiguous. Like it's so subjective. Yeah. Like a five-minute treadmill walk is intense to someone who's doing and and or doing an AMRAP or stretching like yeah. is intense. Like you know, so it's so anyway where it's going. You know, we've had some cancellations that way, but coaching-wise, it's been great. Honestly, like uh, we we're 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 actually improving. With coaching, really? yeah, like more people are signing up. I think, I, I think it's kind of both, right? Like some people are afraid to come, and that's okay. Like we're here for you when you want to come back, and yeah. we understand why you're not here now. But I think a lot of people are like, man, I really, like you said, I need to take care of myself. Like, care of myself, like yeah. I, I, I the, now more than ever, I need, mm -hmm. I need to get fit. I need to start eating better, you know. So I, I need some help. I need to go sign up at the gym. Like yeah. so, what traffic wise in terms of like your your typical like daily number of workouts is a little bit lower. It's climbing, especially this week. We noticed it's climbing again. Um, there's that awkward, like, are we high five and handshaking? Yeah. Hugging, yeah. Fist bump in, uh, foot five, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So there, there's that element of that. Um, but in terms of where the fitness industry is, is going in general, I, I mean, in the short term, I think now more than ever online remote training is, is a bigger thing. Like yeah, we're working yeah. on building out a program for that. 
Um, yeah, the amount of home gyms that have been built in the last four months are probably well. Yeah, during quarantine, Sal couldn't even get a Rogue. I was gonna uh, say yeah. Rogue Kettlebell Kings, couldn't like all the top there. companies, yeah. sold out all the time. I know I was fucking shipping all the goddamn kettlebells. <laughs> yeah. So all of you who <laughs> listen to this, if you have a fucking kettlebell in your backyard, you can. Oh, <laughs> I will say some things that will get me kicked off Spotify probably. But they put these kettlebells in one in a in a box, like a thirty five. shipping (laughs) and it's like it's just in a box with tape around it and like literally like i'll see a square box and it'll just start rolling it's a fucking bowling ball and i'm like how is this and it breaks and i'm like did you really think or like 50 pound dumbbells they'll send one dumbbell in a small box and i'm like that's cardboard it's gonna and that's a 50 pound so when we see them and we know that they're them i don't even know if i should say this on the podcast that's all right yeah we know it's them we'll like some of us will like break the box and grab the handle. It's a 50-pound dumbbell. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or it breaks through and then you're damaging the product. Yeah. Like, what do you want? You know? No customer's like, where's my pristine box? I ordered yeah. a 50-pound dumbbell. Did, were you guys abusing this just piece of matter? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I think, I think like you said, to, to go back a little bit to one of your points, that the the fitness industry as a whole has, has heightened a lot in the last five to ten years. You know, yeah. like people wanting to get healthy. And obviously obesity and chronic disease is still a big problem too. Right. But there's also a lot of people that have taken control of their health. And I think now more than ever they are what, what regardless yeah. what that looks like, like you're even seeing it in really obscure ways. Like I saw, um, the this, amount of hiking. I was just, I was just going to say what? rattlesnake bites are on the on the rise. It's like, that's not because rattlesnakes are, are higher in population or more aggressive. It's because more people are getting off their ass yeah, yeah. and getting outside. You rattlesnakes know? are on the BLM movement. They're making moves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only one. I just needed one. Yeah. I just needed one. Hey. Uh, but I, I agree. I was thinking that fitness would take a massive financial hit. And there's some parts of my mind that, that think that. Cause like a, like if you're, what if, if your Avenue is like a personal trainer and your person and you know, like there's not like planet fitness, I think it is, or not planet fitness, fitness club one or some other gyms. I know like some of my friends, they make their living off of doing personal trainings in person. Mm-hmm. They're not really like, they're an employee at the gym, but they're just a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And now there's people not coming to the gym. Like, are gyms taking a financial hit? Are trainers oh, yeah. taking a financial? It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. I heard from someone that uh, Fitness Connection nationally had like thirty-seven thousand membership cancellations. Oh God. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you're seeing a lot of micro gyms closing. You know, not to get too political, but some of it has to do with gyms being forcefully shut down. Like, oh yeah. Um, this this gym owner in New Jersey, Ian Smith. Um, I forget what his gym. It's like a Tillis gym or something like that. Um, he got shut down and then the, they, the city changed the locks on his, on his gym. So he took down his doors. He was like, well, screw you. I'm just going to take the doors down then. Yeah. But then they boarded up his doors. And then, so he was like, I, on Saturday I'm kicking them down because they have no ground to stand on to prove that COVID is more rampant in gyms than, than Home Depot, right. right. Or Whole Foods places that have stayed open this whole time or protests, you know, Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Like, You're telling me you can't have 20 people in a group, but you can have 100? Like, come on. You can have 2,500 people in the street? Right. And so he kicked him down, and now he's getting, like, fines and stuff. And so some of it is, like, gym owners' hands are tied. Like, we're doing doing what we can to stay open, too, you know, because a lot of it's out of our control. Like, there's – we're getting – negative Yelp reviews for mask stuff. It's like, really? Like, yeah. that's not like, do you really think we would be doing all this circus crap if it was our choice? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's wild. I was, you know, down at Reno powerhouse with Sal 
You know, like he, he hasn't like I don't think he is, but there's a sense of like paranoia. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's like he's scared that they're going to come and shut him down. And then they shut him down, you know, for a good, you know, they were down for like three months. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of yeah, we were down for 78 days at a or cro- 73 days at a CrossFit gym. Like the membership is not like a anytime fitness. It's mm-hmm. like 150 bucks a mm-hmm. month. Or something, you know, like depending on what kind of membership you got, right. like if you start losing memberships, you have small square Each footage, one hurts more. no backing, yeah. you're independent, yeah. you know what I mean? So no, no, uh, no, uh, investors or anything, you know, it's just wild. Yeah, it is, man. So I, th- I, I think it's, 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 it's too early to tell what's going to happen to the fitness industry because I think in some ways it's going to improve yeah. with more people. Maybe it's remote. Maybe it's people going back into the gyms once this whole thing hopefully blows over, you know? I also think it's like anything. There's always a mixed crowd. Like there's some people that are afraid to come back and haven't. Like we have right. a few long-term clients that are like, I'm sorry. Like I just, I, I don't, I'm 78. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. It's like, hey, totally. I totally We're I here for you. Can I write you at home workouts? You know, mm-hmm. like, I, like you said, I, I, I wish there was a little bit more public education on get outside yeah. exercise, get eat better instead of stay indoors, wear a yeah. mask, you know, your like, level are you taking vitamins? Are you, are you hydrated? Are you sleeping enough? Yeah. You know, like the simplistic things that, cause there's people who ca- like, there's tons and tons of people who catch it and kick it, catch it and kick it. Well, and you see, you see, you know, it, it's sad. Like domestic violence is on the rise, oh, yeah. depression, suicides. Like I was it, talking to a buddy, like when they're talking about opening up the economy and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I, I, it's so political now. Like if you were to open everything up, they would destroy you and scrutinize you for putting people at risk which mm-hmm. they would be you mm-hmm. know we have a virus that we do not have a vaccine for that is extremely contagious that we don't know too much about and multiple strains are growing and it's hard to stop and mm-hmm. track but then on the other side like no one's talking about the you know like i said is like there's hard numbers mm-hmm. i don't know if, i don't know exactly there but they're hard numbers like there will be some type of recession. You know, mm-hmm. people cooped up at the house, not going to school, mental health, suicide. You know, like people are getting foreclosed and depression and all that stuff that's in the health department. And right now yeah. we're fighting a health crisis, right? And it's like, <clears throat> that's terrifying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I read a stat that 130,000 small businesses have shut down nationwide. It's out of control. Due to this. I've, I've been seeing them drop off Which at like FedEx. the backbone of states, man. It's a small business, oh, you yeah. know? Like, what, so what's that? Uh, you see them drop off. Yeah. FedEx, we have tons of accounts. I know opinions vary on this kind of stuff. And like I said, I, th- I think, I think it's serious. Like people really are dying it and, definitely and, and, and not one person should die, you know, serious and real on the other side. I can't help but wonder why, if it was as serious as it's being reported, why are numbers being falsely reported? Why Correct. are deaths being fudged? Like, mm-hmm. why is that happening? Wouldn't the seriousness be self-evident, right. you know, like, right. I, I just can't help but do some critical thinking there and just wonder. I'm not saying it's all a hoax. I would never say that because yeah. it's real. Like yeah. people are dying from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But um, I, I just that just makes me wonder why why is that happening? Yeah. If, if it's as serious as it's being reported, why are the fun- numbers being fudged? You it, know, it almost seems like people would be scrutinized to think of it like a in a military tactical situation. Like man, like you know, we have this massive freight train of an economy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a massive portion of our uh, uh, population is middle class, mm-hmm. and we just halted it mm-hmm. for to protect people. Totally get it. Totally understand. But like, it, I feel like, and I, I'm not saying this is necessarily what I believe, but like, you know, when is someone going to make like a military tactical decision? Like, hey, what we're doing is it is it worth the risk of of what could be lost? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's a almost that's a pretty aggressive statement to make because it's like materialistic against moral. But it's just uh, it's 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 very interesting. Like it's weird that it's a it's a point your finger 
type of game right now, and well, it's tough to make a call. And you look at, at, at viruses of the past, you know, H1N1, yeah. SARS, Ebola, mm-hmm. swine flu, bird flu, like, why weren't there shutdowns then? Yeah. You know, like, I, I just, I can't help but wonder that things that were seemingly as serious at the time, like, mm-hmm. why, why, why now? Why is that happening? You know, and you could do a lot of conspiracies and rabbit holes on that, but... Yeah. And again, I, I, I have to be clear. I'm not saying it's a hoax. It's yeah, not. Yeah. I, I, I fully believe it's not a hoax. It's real. But I think there's I'll, some things that just make me wonder a little bit, you know. I think, a, I think yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it is, you know, when <clears> those <throat> things were going down, even though they weren't too long ago, um, the line of communication, the bandwidth was nowhere as big as it is now, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the second that, you know, um, COVID-19 really hit, the whole world knew immediately. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. only is it, you know, it was probably like that in previous cases, but it was the whole world knew from a certain amount of people. Now it's like you have millions of experts and scientists and, and, and opinions and, and different strategies. Well, that are just, in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> opinions. Experts and Expert, scientists. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh-huh. it's wild, like, the amount of, you know, opinions and, and, and how it should be handled and, and ideas and people reporting something a little bit different. So then it's like it's like everyone's yelling at the, at the top of their lungs – you know what I mean? It's like almost getting drowned out. And that's what's really heartbreaking to see, too, is like, you're an idiot if you disagree with me. There's there's that rhetoric out there. And it's just like, can't we just agree to disagree and, and yeah. go, you know, I my opinion completely differs from you, but I still respect you as a person. I, and and that, honestly, that's why I stopped posting about that kind of stuff on social media. Right. I kind of like I, 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 I posted something on my story and it had no racial context whatsoever. But someone called me a racist and was like I remember we were watching the Anderson Silva fight and you called him an n-word and I was like bro that wasn't me yeah, like different guy anyone that know no that was not me like I'm I, not a perfect dude but that was not me I promise I could, you I don't think I could picture but that you just doing that. yeah but that just made me realize like you would think that posting that kind of stuff and, and you know for people that do great keep keep doing it if that's what you want to do but mm-hmm. you would think it brings awareness and I'm sure in some sense it does but the problem is what I've seen personally is people, it's too easy for people to be irresponsible with their words right. on social media to say things to, to people that they would never say in person, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and then the whole original point of the discussion is lost. Like we're just trying to, we're just trying to find the truth. And yeah. now you just called me a racist and you know, like now yeah. it's like, I was talking about a disease. How did yeah, this just yeah. Like I was, it was about the, um, those, those doctors that, that came out like the, the, the fake doctors or whatever, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it was about that video, you know? And how everyone should have a voice and all that. And it was just kind of like, okay, that wasn't even the point of the video, but, Mm -hmm. or the point of me posting about it. But that just kind of made me realize like, yeah, I need to one, spend less time on social media in general. And two, just, I I will get coffee with you, get lunch with you all day long if you want to talk about it. But I'm done doing that online and and participating in comment threads because it's just, it's it's a mess, man. And add add it to being an election year, you know, and it's just like. I've had some people reach out to me like, hey man, like, you know. I know what your thought process is. Like, I'm just surprised that you haven't posted anything. Or you're not being an advocate. And, and you know, that it's been controversial because I've had some people who don't like that. I don't, but I just don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't get into it. Like, like I said, let's run it face to face, but I'm also at a place with like COVID and, and everything that's going on. I can only imagine what it's like making these decisions. And, yeah. and like, I'm just like, you know what? I wish the best. I hope that, 
I don't think anybody has a good idea on how to slow this thing, stop this thing, mm-hmm. fix this thing. So it's like I hope that you guys are all coming up with your best idea. I think in my in my head with common sense, there's some things that I believe are correct, and I'm gonna do for the most part what they're asking me to do. Let's try to get through through this thing together. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to think on the angle that they're maliciously going after some a population with COVID-19. It's like let's just let's all steer one way and if mm-hmm. it's wrong then we'll redirect and let's let's go through the, the you know the failure and rebuild stages together to try to figure out how to because you know this thing lasts for a year and a half mm-hmm. i mean i've already like i was talking to a gentleman named uh, uh miles bergen he's my old roommate he works for uh uh i think kr krtv mm-hmm. right? he's um he's a news outlet. reporter yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he uh he's like state of nevada's lost over a billion dollars in the last four months and their rainy day fund was, he wrote an article on it on his website, uh, if you go there. And um, they, we had like $431 million, or $401 million. It's all gone. It's all gone. Yeah. It's yeah, wild. Man. Yeah, and, and like, I don't envy Sisolak. I don't envy anybody like that, because you're damned yeah. if you do, damned if you don't. And do I agree with some of his decisions? Probably not. You know, mm-hmm. do, I, do I agree with some of them? Sure. But I, I would never want to be him, God, you know. not right now. Ever. Not right now. Yeah, really ever, but especially now. Especially right especially, now. It's in a country that was already divided before this happened. Yeah. And now, now it, just, it just exacerbated nice all of that. It went from pen line to Sharpie. Like, Dude. it's thick now. Yeah, so I, I, I don't envy him. And I, I don't get some of the ar- the seemingly arbitrary shutdowns. Like, oh, you're a bar. You can't operate. But, oh, you're a bar that serves food right next door. Yeah, you can you're stay good. open. Yeah. It's like, that just seems like any meeny, miny, mo yeah, at yeah. that point. You know? Shelter like, in place. But if it's a BLM protest, you guys are good. Right. So it's uh, like, yeah. I love that. You, the, you I may, love that you may we, not mean it this way, but you got to see how this is landing on people. Right, right. Like, sh- should people be out there and, and advocating for this BLM movement? 1,000%. Sure, but don't say shelter in place and then that's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, all or nothing. Like, it's like there's literally 2,500 people in downtown Reno right now standing side by side yelling and screaming. And whether it's positive or negative, like we're speaking in close quarters for a long duration of time. I'm like, I'm almost positive. Call me crazy. But you just said a couple of days ago, that's literally what the whole world should not be doing. Right. Wow. But you're, but you're openly saying that's okay. Right. Not only are you allowing it, you're saying it's okay. That's, that's, that's how you know right there. Even though the BLM movement, I believe, is correct. And, mm-hmm. and it should be supported. That shows right there that your image and showing face in certain categories is more important than the general health of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Because, yeah. like, legit, like, if they were out there protesting about, uh, like, you know, a- animal cruelty, they'd be like, get the fuck back inside right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, the George Floyd thing happened, this massive eruption. And, yeah, you don't want to slow the steam for the awareness that was happening from BLM. Not not at all. I totally get that. But, like you said, it does look a li- like if you were to completely unbiased, step back, bird's eye view, that looks a little funky that you're allowing them to do that mm-hmm. with everything that's going yeah. on. Yeah. And you know, have, have cases and deaths stalled. Um, not, not to my knowledge, but they also haven't exponentially spiked after those protests. So it's kind of like, well, again, it's all weird, but then then it's like, you don't know what to believe because our numbers being falsely reported. Just kidding. They're not, but they actually are. It's it's like, what do you, what do you believe? It sucks. Cause, cause this whole thing is hindsight 2020. Like even the CDC, the center for disease control and the who the world health, like, Places we're supposed to trust mm-hmm. have come out and say, "Ooh, my bad. Yeah, I fudged the numbers." You and know, also, it's like, great. So we can't even trust that. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I also devil's advocate to that statement. It shows how much we don't have understanding for. Like, you can't admit in this world anymore that 
you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's say that, let's say, I'll use masks as an example. Let's say who and CDC find out that the masks don't do anything. They mm-hmm. would never recorrect that boat and tell them, like, yeah, we're totally ass backwards wrong because the general population wouldn't accept it. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, but it's like, man, we don't know what's going on. Never had a virus like this. We don't have a vaccine. We haven't had an economy like this. We haven't had a population that's so condensed, that's mm-hmm. this high, that's this cross-correlated, there's this much right. traveling. Never experienced this. So it's like, I don't care how much of an expert you are, if you go through an adversity and you come through a new chapter in your field that no one's ever seen before, they've seen similar things, mm-hmm. but nothing at this scale Yeah, that's happened this fast in a, in a society that we live in like this today. So it's like... Like you said, man, I don't envy them. I don't yeah. envy anybody over there. Like, yeah. that would suck. Like, hey, post this article. This is great information. I'd be, like, standing in the back, like, oh, my fucking God, dude. Like, is someone yeah. going to say this is wrong? Like, what if this is wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, and I've had my bouts of, like, being nervous about, like, the future and stuff. But to take it another direction, it, it you know, and I, I promise I won't, like, preach or anything. But, like, it, it makes me thankful for my faith because right. I, to quote Billy Graham, you know, one of the greatest preachers of all time. It's like, I read the last page of the Bible and it turns out all right. You know, like, and unfortunately the world, like if you believe, you know, in what the Bible says, like the world's supposed to get really bad before it gets better, yeah. you know? So it's not like, Oh, the world's supposed supposed to burn. Like it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see, you know, and, and, and to go a different direction, like the, the, pro, the, the, the peaceful protesters getting muddled in with the rioters. Like you have people that are really just trying to, exercise their right as American citizens. Like this is a problem. We yeah. need justice. Shout and then you have that. opportunistic assholes that are just poking the bear and want to watch the world burn and are looting bl- and, and destroying black owned businesses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, and then these protesters that are really trying to do right are seen as like, Oh, you're, you're bullshit. It's right. like, no, that wasn't them for, to my yeah. knowledge. It was the pe- it was the other people that, that are just looting just to loot, yeah. you know, we were, we walking were, out with a set of Legos during a BLM pro- protest. It's like, yeah. Really, bro? Like, yeah, we re- re- rewind the clock to, you know, 65 watts and 92 watts and those actions. If you were to ask anybody about 92 watts, what they say? Oh, they burnt down. It was crazy. They were burning down. And no one talks about the days, the days before mm-hmm. where peaceful protests was going on for social injustice. It's not, it's not like as it's out. It's not as know? great of a headline. It's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks my heart because when I first saw this going on, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this pumps me up almost a perfect timing of we're in a shelter in place and it's COVID. And, w- and now these people are sitting and they're seeing all of this stuff and really kind of getting exposed to it. And there's way more awareness. And then it comes out and then it turns into, I was like, ah, oh, man, that's not, cause like you said, the greater population, the people who are supporting this, that's not the motive that they want it, you mm-hmm. know? But then I also, I was doing a, a podcast about black lives matter and I was like, there's also another side of me. It's like, man, treat me like a caged dog. I'm going to go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. people who are really about it. Like if you were to kill my son, I'm going to burn this whole fucking city to the ground. Mm-hmm. And if I think it was for social injustice, something like that, it's just a wild time. It is it's a wild time. I know. And it's so wild to think like you look at the beginning of the year, like, you know, Kobe Bryant died, Australia burned down. Like any of those isolated incidents would be like, man, 2020 was a year. And now we have this. Now we have this child pedophile ring coming yeah. out. Yeah. It's just like, uh, dude, how about, that explosion in Beirut. That too? That's Did you quote, see fireworks? That? Oh yeah. It yeah. Was, so what I so I've been like I've been cross referencing a ton as much as I possibly could. So what it looked like was in two thousand and twelve, this boat, this massive cruise carrier was carrying a ton of ethanol and they were doing it um, and the regulations weren't correct. So they forced this boat to dock and went through an inspection and it failed. 
and they stored this mass amount of ethanol right next to that grain factory for for eight years unsafely right and there's been like public outbursts about it and then also that grain factory that was right next to it that almost got destroyed had like 85 percent of the city's grain which is pretty crazy um but it was a firework warehouse as well so the like it lit fire the fireworks went off and then they also had high potent fertilizer there and it just that explosion was they said 300,000 people have been displaced from their homes I, I believe it like that that footage from the balcony yeah. He was miles away, yeah. and it blew him back and shattered his shattered windows. Shattered the windows? Yeah. Dude, or the car, the one from the car that was like more miles away than yeah. the balcony one. Boom. There's been the some, windows. There's, there's been some fucking videos of like business cameras inside their business and people inside, and the, the blast just, just leveled These them. people are dead. Oh, yeah. Obviously. You know what I mean? And if they're not, they're deaf and blind. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. But that is just—I've never seen any uh, an explosion like that. That wasn't like an atom bomb in the black yeah. and whites in Nagasaki or Hiroshima. Like that was crazy. Yeah, man, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a wild year. time. Yeah, it is a year, huh? That whole part of the Lord's prayer, "Your kingdom come." I've never prayed that prayer more than now. Of yeah. like, let's just be done and like, oh, man, I'm taxed. <laughs> We're all tapping out, Jesus. Like, come on, let's you know, like, let's at Applebee's happy hour. Let's just calm down for a second. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, it's one. It's one after the other. But I also think that that there, there's out of great tragedy comes silver linings, right? And I think some of the silver linings that we're already seeing in small in a small scale that I th- I think we'll see bigger as things calm down is people more appreciative for their health, people right. more appreciative for their relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, like like how we were talking before the episode started about FaceTime versus in person contact. You right. know, like FaceTime's cool. It's a supplement. It's, it definitely makes it better than nothing, but. It's pr- this time is proving that nothing, all the Zoom meetings in the world don't replace the in-person contact, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and, and I, I hope that it kind of brings us back to the basics yeah. and, you cher- know? and cherish what people bring to your life when they're in it. You yeah. Know? Cause things could change in an instant. Your business could shut down, you know, yeah. could be caught in an explosion, you know, I mean, could... <laughs> yes, I think I, be- I believe that I think sooner or later, the unity is going to absolutely skyrocket. And I truly do believe that, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I believe in hope and faith. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the most important thing that that we as human beings can co- cognitively grasp is, yeah. is having that hope and having faith in something that's bigger than us and, and brings an importance to our life. And even with, you know, we got BLM going on and all that stuff. But what we're seeing is that everywhere. And everyone are going through these stricken adversities and mm-hmm. they have to handle them. And it's the same way, if not similar ways that we all do. And hope, I hope that unifies that, like, you know, we're all going through adversities. Mm-hmm. We, you know, collectively, it's it's very evident, you know, when there's patriotism, not for just your country, but for the world. Right. Yeah. Pangea. Right. A supercontinent mm-hmm. that it can bring a much greater lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that, like almost like in the early 2000s when like. I don't even, this is a terrible example, but like, you know, 9-11 hits. There's unbelievable patriotism when we go into war. Mm-hmm. Unbe- right. Like unity that's... Perfect example. Unity that hasn't been matched in anything. You know yeah. what I mean? And it came from, obviously, a serious adversity. But like, obviously, there was, it was a lot easier to sweep things under the rug at that moment in time. So ignorance was bliss. But, you know, like those moments are something that people should look back and hold on to and grasp and try to get back to on a bigger scale. Yeah. You know what I'm like saying? Like how can we grow from this instead of just throwing blind hate out there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just Dude, wild, I, man. I fucking blink, bro. It's been an hour and a half. Yeah. You got to get out of here? Pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, we're meeting, uh, sending my daughter to preschool next week and we're meeting the teacher tonight. So. Dude, congratulations, bro. 
What a trip that I is. I just, man. Uh, dude, we're, you're going to have to come back on. We got to talk about dad life. Yeah. Big time. We'll just do a dad life episode. Yeah, we'll do man. a dad life I would episode love that. For sure. Yeah. Because I just got my son into the blue kangaroo over there. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a, it's a fucking nice facility, man. It's like yeah. the dopest, one of the dopest daycares in Reno. I'm feeling awesome. like a boss dad over Plush, here. Plush, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, obviously, his mom, Leah, who's unfortunately fucking better than me in most aspects of my life. She like researched it and she, you know, found, I like went and walked and toured it, but she hit the he- nail Dude, on the that, head. That's the mom way. My, my the wife, the way. one that Jovi's going to, she, she did all the research, made yeah. all the phone calls and stuff. And that, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the maternal thing kicking in, man. She's yeah. a good mom, you know, big time, big yeah. facts. Yeah. Well, uh, well shit, man, an hour and a half in, We'll just call it Probably right call now. It. Yeah, we'll do a dad life one for sure. Um, we'll do a dad life one again. <laughs> you know, you know, I just started quarter life crisis, so I appreciate you popping on here and you know, just yeah, man, chopping it up. Like Thank I said you. in my notes, I was like, I have like four bullet points on the notes. I knew we'd be able to fill. A, a, yeah, I wasn't concerned. A gap yeah. of time. I looked uh, at the outline. and was like, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, we'll yeah, fill, that'll we'll work. Fill, we'll fill in the rest. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. cool, man. Well, thank you for coming. And, yeah, thank uh, you, man. You know, um, if you ever want to learn how to uh, fucking break dance in the most crazy jujitsu way, hit up Justin <laughs> Cutler on Facebook. Um, or if you're looking to better yourself in any types of movement, man, uh, you're up at uh, still at Anytime Fitness. Yeah. yeah, Anytime Fitness in North Reno, Golden Valley. Yep. Well, I'll definitely uh, I'll make sure Team to post Borden. a picture on my Instagram tagging and stuff. But but thank you again. Yeah, thank you, brother. Um, another episode with your boy, Podcast Poppy. Woo! Signing off. We're going to Applebee's. <laughs>